0: Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the daily podcast for my show, Connecting Winnipeg. And if you can, please listen live weekdays from 10 to noon on 680-CJOB. Joining us on the phone now, on her way to Winkler, Global News Senior Reporter Brittany Greenslade. Uh, Brittany, will talk about the announcement that you're going down there uh, to find out more about. But break down this uh, letter, this uh, Salem home letter that's been sent out so people understand uh, the situation.
1: Yeah, good morning, how Well, we know as of next week, as of Monday, that people who work with vulnerable people, uh, provincial employees, will need to either be fully vaccinated or have to undergo rapid testing at every 48 hours now this we're assuming is going to be a problem in many areas of the province where we are seeing low vaccine uptake and one of those areas is in southern health and Winkler and Salem Home has already put a letter out to uh, families of residents saying that they don't know how many workers will not be showing up for work next week because of this due mandate and that it's impossible to know what it will look like but they're already putting in contingency plans. And what they're asking for right now is they're asking families whose loved ones are residents of this home for their help. They're saying they're gonna need assistance starting next week. And that can be in everything from families doing residence personal laundry, asking them to come and feed the resident at all times, breakfast, lunch and dinner, help clean their rooms, help with Um, dressing them, brushing their teeth and, and really just daily activities and right now we don't know how many employees will not be showing up for work Monday but you know Salem Home already anticipating that could be a large number.
0: Mm -hmm. And obviously more of a concern uh, in that part of the province because we know vaccine uptake has been low and so you would sort of draw the conclusion that the same would be the case with workers who will be required to be vaccinated. All right, so you're heading to uh, Boundary Trail Health Center for an announcement. We don't really know what they're going to say, but what will you be asking?
1: Yeah, that's right. We we aren't sure exactly what the announcement is. We're told it's a boundary trails announcement, but we are gonna be able to ask questions of the health minister this morning to really get an idea of what these contingency plans are, what are they expecting? We are three days away from when this vaccine mandate gets put in place. So, you know, by today we should be able to get some numbers. They should be releasing those numbers, but we're also gonna be asking shared health, what are the plans? What are you gonna be doing if you know twenty or thirty percent of a workforce isn't showing up? How are you going to be able to maintain that how are you going to be able to handle it and you know these are questions that people have been asking for weeks we've known that this date was coming for weeks we are now just three days away and as of right now have been given no answers
0: all right Brittany, uh, i'll let you get back to it uh, we will be listening for the story and watching for it online and also on on global television today Brittany greenslade thank you thank you our global news senior reporter again heading to winkler where salem home has sent this letter out um, to families, and then now an announcement of some sort at of Boundary Trail Health Center. And Brittany will be covering that for us today. I just wanted to play for you Jan Ligueros, uh, as well. Uh, she was on the start this morning, uh, reacting to this letter from Salem Home. Jan is the executive director of the Long Term and Continuing Care Association of Manitoba. And she says, This letter, this situation is very unfortunate.
2: You know, we, We have um, a number of folks in southern Manitoba who are hesitant uh, in terms of taking the vaccine. And so we're left in a situation such as the one described in the letter. Uh, I know that Salem Home has been raising this concern for quite some time because the staff there had indicated um, some time ago that they were not interested or, or concerned about taking the vaccine.
0: And MacLean McGarry McNabb this morning on the start asked Jan uh, if this is an isolated situation. Has she talked to other facilities like Salem Home?
2: You know, I did ask some of my members yesterday how things were going for them. And uh for an example we have one member who has more than almost 250 um residents in in their home and uh, five staff have indicated that they will not be at work on monday
0: jan is the executive director of the long-term and continuing care association of manitoba this is a big story today that we are following for you back to the letter from salem home here's what uh they are asking family members to do. Uh, families uh, will do each resident's own laundry, personal laundry, or possibly may need to help with this stuff. Assist residents at all meal times, breakfast, lunch, supper, clean in residents' rooms, help with dressing and brushing teeth, etc. Assist in creating meaningful activities for residents to take part. Vaccine uptake—a real issue in that part of the province. Let's hope uh, it's not as bad as we uh, fear it might be. Joining us now to talk about the rain that we've been getting over the past couple days, Bill Campbell, the president of the Keystone Agricultural Producers. Bill, good morning.
3: Good morning, Hal.
0: How much you loving this rain?
3: Well, this is a very uh, great uh, event that has happened with regards to a probably two-day rain uh, over most of Manitoba. I believe so. Yeah, it's it's certainly appreciated.
0: Yeah, and as I you help me out here, you're you're the pro. But uh, I mean, we haven't had a solid freeze yet, and so this rain just goes right in the ground, and it's there for the spring, right?
3: Well, I think that that's um, uh, maybe the uniqueness of uh, at this time of year and that the ground's not frozen and that, um, you know, it, and, and then anytime you have a drought situation and you can receive some form of precipitation, that it will be absorbed into the soil. And so, um, you know, I really think that that's, um, you know, to our advantage at this time of the year that uh, we can start to replenish uh, that topsoil moisture. And, Uh, I don't think we've received enough yet to be significant to subsoil moisture, uh, but it is certainly a step in the right direction. And, um, you know, and I think as we look forward, we're always, at this time of year, planning for next year. And this will certainly help with the fall application of nutrients. Uh, It'll also help rejuvenate some of the dormant grasses and forages that they can replenish some of their uh, water reserves and go into winter in a better state so that they can be uh, better adapted for springtime. So I, I think it's just good news all around.
0: Yeah. Kind of a shame, though, we didn't get a bit of this during the summer, eh?
3: Well, yeah, and, and, and that would be ideal. And, and uh, you know, if we were able to spread uh, rainfall out through, um, you know, the growing season, would be advantageous, but somehow or another, we don't seem to be able to control that that part <laughs> of it. And yeah, so we adapt the best that we can and use best managing practices to conserve moisture and and all of that part. But yeah, we you know we are certainly um, seen areas that have had significant impact from that shortfall of moisture. Mm -hmm. harvest is pretty
0: much done uh, but this two or three days of rain has that slowed things down for for some work out there although the weather now is going to get nice again so i imagine they'll get caught up again if it has slowed things down a bit
3: well and i think that's that's the um, the great part of this particular rain situation that it's rained and then the weather's going to turn around and get nice again and i think we can all appreciate um, you know, the the rainfall, but be, the ability to get back out in the field and conclude that harvest, you know, we're pretty much wrapped up, I would suggest, except probably some corn, and sunflowers and a few odd things like that that, that need to be concluded. And, um, you know, the, the other beneficial part is those crops will not adversely be affected by the moisture, like they're up off the ground. It's when you have crop laying on the ground and when it gets moisture that it's Turns moldy or sprouts or you know some of those aspects that Mm
4: -hmm. quality
3: becomes a big issue um you know we may see higher moisture content in the corn and if we have some drying days it'll come back down and then we just proceed again and um you know it, it should be pretty good but if we can get the you know the weather that's forecasted moving forward we we will be able to get back in and continue harvesting
0: I've had uh, some farm guests on that have said, you know, pretty good year. And then I hear from others out there in text messages and emails that say, well, hang on, not so much for me. Um, what, is, what has this been like this year, generally speaking? Not bad, but some have really suffered, eh?
3: Yeah, well, what I think as we assess the province, It has been extremely variable and and volatile, I guess, would be, um, you know, were you able to catch that one shower and five miles down the road that it it didn't get that shower? But overall, I think the province, when you amalgamate all the production, you know, it's going to be significantly down than what we've been producing, but, you know, it's not a disaster situation. But saying that, those that have been impacted – it is a disaster situation for them when they, you know, have to source feed and buy feed. And when you look at other uh, commodities, uh, you know, when you have single digit production, um, it, it, it is a, it's a major blow to those individual farms and how we address them with equity and, and use the business risk management tools that we have so that they can carry on and, you know, we, you know, at this time of year, we're looking forward to next year. So how do they put the crop in next year? And and how do they ensure that they are able to have better protection next year? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, it's, it's the uniqueness of the business that, you know, as a province, uh, we've still grown enough, you know, to feed locally anyway, for sure. So, um, but, but that, that's the challenge.
0: Yeah, well, and then the cattle people, right, and feeding uh, their herds over the winter, and uh, I mean the struggle. If you're if you're in your line of work, the struggles continue
3: 24/7. Well, and I guess that's the the thing that needs to be understood is that our production period will probably terminate, uh, you know, the end of October, and do we have adequate feed sources to get this through the winter? because we cannot produce anymore until the grass turns green in may and so how do we get through that period and so that's where individual producers need to assess their feed sources their herd inventory and make some difficult decisions if they don't match up um so that that's the challenge is you know how do you secure enough feed to get through the winter
0: bill campbell thanks for your time
3: Thanks, Hal. Everybody have a good weekend, and go Bombers, go.
0: All right, we have Mo Sabrin on the phone. The phones have been rebooted. The president of the Winnipeg Police Association. Mo, good
5: morning. Good morning, Hal. Thanks for having <laughs> me on once again. Yes, yeah, sorry about that.
0: I apologize. No worries. I,
5: I get hung up on all the time. <laughs>
0: I'm sure you do. Um, The police vaccination rates, where are we at? What can you tell us about that? I I, I understand that it's not until midnight tonight that the city will be able to give us official numbers, but give us a sense of how many of your members have been vaccinated, how many are not vaccinated at this point.
5: Um, Well, you know what, Uh, that's a number I can't really... you know share 100% as being accurate but I do know that uh, the service uh, is looking to um, to say that we have about 10% of our members that uh, either haven't declared or have declared that they're they're non-vaccinated so um you know we're we're well above what the general public is as far as percentage of uh, members that have uh, indicated that they are uh, vaccinated so
0: so what would 10% be then? What what would that number be?
5: Maybe 190. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so it uh, and I and I think in the um, coming weeks that uh um, people will, you know, continue to get vaccinated and that sort of thing. They, uh, you know, we we know it's a personal choice for members and and we fully support whatever their choice is. Um, but there also has to be that delicate balance of um, a safe workplace. And I think the, the mandate that the, the service has uh, implemented um meets all those requirements, uh, whether it be the extra testing for people that uh, haven't been uh, vaccinated uh, masking uh, I believe the entire wPS is going to go back to an entire uh, mask policy uh, just based on what the city of Winnipeg has recommended so um, you know, it, it, it's been a very difficult issue to navigate for us um, because we are a professional labour relations organisation and, and we represent all of our members, not just the majority. And, and we want to just make sure that everybody is safe in the workplace but so that our members are um, making sure the citizens of Winnipeg are safe as well.
0: How will it work then for that 10%, that almost 200 200- members of your union police officers how will it work will will they be able to work and be tested or or what's the plan
5: yes um the so far the service is still working on those logistics but uh uh, I think they're going to follow suit similar to the way healthcare has with uh, home testing with the rapid uh, kits and it would be on your honour and I don't think any of our members would come to work if they had the sniffles and it would be the same as if they uh, did a rapid test at home which you know doesn't take very long and if you have a positive test none of our members are going to come in they'll go get the, um, the, the full test. Um, to make uh, sure of uh, a determination or not, because they can throw a false positive, which is better than throwing a false negative, right so um, and then it uh, it would be a matter of just showing up to work if you have a negative test
0: I got to tell you 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 mentioned how difficult this has been for you to navigate. Um, maybe take us behind the velvet rope a bit on that because I can't imagine. Uh, what this has been like for you. Never in a million years, Mo, did you ever think that you would be dealing with something like this?
5: Well, absolutely, because uh, with all the other issues that we deal with on a daily basis, this has been extremely time-consuming with uh, people sending emails with their positions, and I don't disagree with a lot of the content. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, uh, this is something that's been mandated by the government of Canada, province of Manitoba, city of Winnipeg, and the WPS. And um, the feeling in the, uh, as far as arbitrators or the law, uh, is really looking at the safety for the masses. And, uh, you know, we, we do have members that are calling upon us to take action, but, you know, at the end of the day, the law is not in our favor um as far as you know filing a grievance or that sort of thing making a human rights complaint um the and and we've been doing extensive research on you know is there the possibility of us to take action but at the end of the day the majority of the membership uh, wants a safe workplace and and that's what we're trying to encourage those members that uh don't want to be vaccinated to to get vaccinated and if not then make sure you do your uh, the alternative that the service has provided to make sure that the workplace and the citizens of winnipeg are safe
0: generally speaking how's the mental health of
5: your members well i think it's been a know, long from, haul it's been a, it's from been our, a tough haul though. yeah our survey from several months ago had some very disturbing numbers um as far as uh, what the picture of our members mental health state is and and we were very disturbed by uh some of the results from that survey and and this is just piling on the rabbit and you know it, it's hard to make a, a good determination on how everybody's doing but uh, i've heard from more and more members that this is a an incredibly stressful time for our members not only in the workplace but uh outside of the workplace because um crime and um has not slowed down for covid one one bit and if anything it's making it uh, much more difficult for our members to keep the citizens of Winnipeg safe but they they keep going out there every day slugging it out and, and making sure that uh, they perform their duties. But it's, it's truly the internal stressors right now as a result of all of these um, mandates that are, that are being placed on them. And we've benchmarked right across Canada and it's unbelievable the number of police services that have taken a hard line that have said, no vaccination, no job, uh, don't bother coming to work. Um, I think that would be doing the citizens of Winnipeg a, a huge disservice. Um, and this, the WPS has uh, come up with a mandate that is a very soft landing, and that way we continue to do our job and keep the, the citizens of Winnipeg safe.
0: I should have asked this question. Richard's asking it at, uh, by text here at 204-780-6868. Thank you, Richard. And Richard's question, Mo, is who's paying for the COVID testing for the members that do not get vaccinated?
5: that's uh the city of winnipeg has uh has purchased all of these uh these kits i'm sure it's at a a reduced rate but it is the city of winnipeg that is supplying it to um any of the employees uh right across the city that uh either can't get uh vaccinated or you know uh, have made a personal choice not to get vaccinated
0: mo i appreciate your
5: time on the issue thank you oh you're very welcome hal always a pleasure
0: All right, Mo Sabron is the president of the Winnipeg Police Association. So there you go, Richard. It is, in fact, the taxpayers, you and I, uh, who will be paying for the testing. And I know that angers a lot of you out there. My weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, now. Bruce, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Your weather toe has become famous, my friend. I get asked every day by people, how's Bruce's weather toe? Whenever the weather changes, uh, Bruce's toe swells up, and he's not able to get his boots on very easily. Uh, With uh, sunshine and mid to upper teens in the forecast for the weekend and beyond, how's your weather toe?
6: Uh, It should be all right this weekend. It's the big changes that are the problem. So, Of course, it's going to change after Monday. Monday might hit 20, but then later in the week it's going to get cooler it's going to be you know 12 13 degrees a lot closer to average
0: yeah but still uh and close to average but again you know as i look at the forecast way out i don't see anything that concerns me what about you when you look at the long-term models anything 10 days two weeks out that we should be
6: worried about no, actually, it looks really boring to me, so yeah. it's, there's nothing exciting on there at all.
0: Um, uh, somebody texted in earlier. I can't find it right now at 204-780-6868. Oh, here it is, Curtis. Uh, Hal, I read a story the other day saying our winter will be cooler than normal and stormy. Please ask Bruce what he thinks. What do you think, Bruce?
6: I'm leaning toward that, and I'm thinking it will be a little bit colder than average because of that weak La Nina. And you could have a few more storms, not so much the Colorado Lowe's, more of the Alberta Clipper-type storms.
0: Yeah, but you're figuring that, you know, we'll likely get to at least Halloween without any major worries when it comes to precipitation, eh?
6: Yeah, it looks looking like that right now, right? It would be November before we're really going to have to worry about the weather, and it, it could change awfully fast, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, what are you up to on the farm today?
6: Well, actually, I'm not. Well, I'm coming back from Deep River. A friend and I went down there to hit Walmart and all the other places. Oh and, boy,
0: you're doing some uh, shopping. I'm on my way back. <laughs> all right, buddy. I'll let you go. Thanks a lot, Bruce. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Thanks. My we- my weather expert, buddy Bruce Johnson. Best way to get to his weather website is just to go to uh, HalAnderson.ca. Go to my site, HalAnderson.ca, and you can click through to Bruce's site there six o'clock tonight right here on cjob it's the olympic builders pregame show as the bombers are in edmonton to take on the elks joining us on the phone now from beautiful downtown edmonton the voice of the bombers here on cjob bob irving bob good morning
4: good morning hal how are you
0: I'm great. Uh, I will be listening tonight, as will thousands of Winnipeggers and Manitobans. Um, do we write the Elks off? They're they're not a very good team at this point, right?
4: They're not a very good team. Emphasis on the word team, Hal. They have a lot of good players, but uh, for a variety of reasons, they have not been able to put it all together or even come close to putting it all together this year. And they're in a very desperate mode at 2-6. and six. And really, I don't know, if they don't win tonight, I think we can write them off. Uh, they're in a big uh, a big mess in terms of trying to make the playoffs. And, you know, they've got internal problems, uh, some of which we can talk about and some of which we can't because I've been told some things off the record that uh, would suggest uh, they've really got some issues going on inside. Now, having said all that, Al, uh, you know, the players on their team have a lot of pride. These are Professional athletes, and they were embarrassed by the bombers last week when they lost 30 to 3. So I think they'll come out tonight motivated to, you know, make amends for that game and to win a game. Winning is fun in all levels of sport, and these guys haven't had much fun lately, so they'll be looking for that tonight, whether or not they can get their act together to a point where they can knock off this high flying bomber team. Not many people think they can, but. I've seen a lot of upsets over the years, and uh, I don't, I don't exclude any possibility. Hal Anderson,
0: Cornelius at quarterback instead of Harris for the Elks.
4: Yeah, that's a dramatic move, and it, I think it speaks volumes as to what's going on with the Elks. You know, Trevor Harris is a marquee quarterback in this league, but he played so poorly. In the game last week, that Jamie Elizondo, their head coach, in a desperate move, and I guess uh, desperate times result in desperate moves, has turned to young Taylor Cornelius, the six foot five guy who started a game here a few weeks ago against the Blue Bombers and, and had his moments. You know, he made some rookie mistakes, as you'd expect, but uh, I know that Elizondo feels he's the future of this franchise at quarterback. And I think the fact that with their season still alive, however slightly, The fact that they would drop Trevor Harris and take him right off the roster, he's not even going to dress tonight and start Elizondo with Dakota Prukop as the backup. That tells you kind of where the Elks are at.
0: Mm -hmm. Lawler's back with the Bombers. Um, As you said, the Bombers are flying high right now. I expect them just to kind of keep rolling along.
4: Well, I think everybody does, and, you know, it's – you often wonder at what point a team might sort of have a little dip in performance or something goes wrong and they, they, you know, eventually lose a game. But with these bombers and I know a lot of Winnipeggers and I talk to a lot of them, they're kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. And surely this is too good to be true, uh, but it's not, this is an outstanding team. Hal, they've got a tremendous focus and attitude and approach and all the rest of it. Uh, they've won six games in a row. The last time they lost was that game in Toronto where the Argos beat them thirty to twenty-three. But that performance was so out of character, based on what we've seen since then. Uh, I know all the pundits are picking the Bombers to win this game tonight, and rightly so. Uh, they are clearly the best team in the league, and you know I don't think anybody expects to see them stumble tonight. I don't. Uh, although, again, as I say, I I think all things are possible, and the Elks, despite their troubles do have enough good players to give anybody a run. I mean, last week in the game in Winnipeg, they were only down 11-4 at halftime. The Elks were in the game here in Edmonton about a month ago. It was close until the fourth quarter when the Bombers put it away. So uh, we'll see what happens tonight. But, yeah, the Bombers are having really a season, Hal, of historic proportions in terms of how their defense is playing and the the few points they're giving up. They've played nine games this year, and in the fourth quarter, they've given up six points, six points total in nine fourth quarters, which is stunning. It's really stunning.
0: Yeah. When you go to these other uh, Canadian CFL cities, Bob, is there something you like to do? Like when you go to Hamilton, do you go in, you know to a certain burger joint or you're in Edmonton now? Is there something you, you like to do after all your years of traveling to these cities? I'm just
4: curious. I like to go home to Winnipeg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, no look, kidding
4: i've been to edmonton i'm trying to think now with playoff games and regular season games uh probably close to 100 times in the years that uh i've covered the blue bombers Hal, and so when you you just think about that for a minute uh yeah and look i stay in the west end hotel and there's a little bar across the road right uh you know where i'll go for a beer if i need one and uh, i know where the little restaurants are that i like to go to but uh I don't how will this sound if I say to you, I've seen enough of Edmonton to last me a lifetime and I long to return home to the city I love most, Winnipeg whenever I'm anywhere else in Canada. I know I guess that sounds jaded hal doesn't no it? I'm sorry. no no I'm, I'm just nope. telling you the truth. look, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game, I'm excited about it as I am every game, but uh, then when it's over, take me home, take me home yeah. country roads.
0: Sure. You're there for the football. Very, yeah. You stated that very diplomatically, Bob. I'm proud of you. Edmonton has no problem with what you just said. Hey, 30 wow. seconds here. Uh, Jets tomorrow night in San Jose. Obviously, you know, we wanted them to kick things off with a win. They didn't. Are you at all worried? Or
4: No, no, no. Look, I saw most of that game in Anaheim the other night. They outplayed the Ducks. You know, Anaheim got a couple of questionable goals. The Jets couldn't score. They had a a ton of great chances. So, hey, one down, 81 to go. Don't worry, fans. Don't worry. The the Jets are going to be fine.
0: Bob Irving, the voice of the Bombers. Thank you, Bob. Enjoy the game and get home. We're waiting for you I to will. get home here in Winnipeg. I can't
4: right. wait, Hal. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, pal. Bob Irving, Doug Brown, and the team. Bob's always got some great stuff on the pregame. The Olympic Builders pregame show It gets going at 6 o'clock tonight here on CJOB. Joining us now, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen, DrCyrus.com, D-R-S-Y-R-A-S.com. Cyrus, good morning.
7: Good morning, Hal. How are you doing? I am excellent.
0: Uh, people have been texting and uh, and emailing about our first uh, subject here. Why do dogs lick people? Greg Mackling, <laughs> uh, when I was teeing up the show today at the end of the start, Greg Mackling, Mackling, McGarry, McNabb says, "Well, isn't it because uh, uh, we our sweat is salty and and dogs like that?" Uh, several people said they just like us. That's why. Lots of guesses. What's the real
7: answer here? <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, they did some research on this. They looked at whether it was the salt that was, it which kind of was interesting. The author was like, I don't know if it makes sense because uh, dogs are kind of primarily carnivores, uh, or wolves are in particular, and uh, they get enough salt from the meat that they eat. They're not like, you know, a moose or a deer or something like that that's looking for salt all the time. Uh, so he wasn't, just, you know, the author wasn't sure that it would be salt. So what he did was, was he took owners of dogs and he had them bare their knees, so I guess they were all wearing shorts, and they wiped their knees down, and then they put salt on one of their knees, and then they had the dogs come in, and they measured which knee the uh, dogs licked. Did they lick the salty knee, or did they just lick the other knee, or was there any preference at all? And what they found was that there was absolutely no preference, the dogs would lick each knee uh, regardless of whether it was salted or an unsalted knee <laughs> and uh, so it wasn't the salt sol- that was the solution uh, that was the reason for the uh, for the licking now there's a couple of things that uh, that do happen with dogs they do groom each other and it's kind of a social behavior to lick so that's right. kind of one of the other hypotheses they didn't there's no they didn't think of a way to test that and then the other one is that pups will lick their the, jaw, the jaws of their uh, Parents when they come back from a kill, and that will make the parents uh, regurgitate some food for them. So it could be that they're looking for a <laughs> snack. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that for this. <laughs> yeah. Always looking for me to regurgitate some of my. Yeah, I wasn't
0: expecting that from you today, Cyrus. That's for sure.
7: <laughs> so it depends on which which uh, theory you want to go with. Whether your dog's looking for a snack or whether he dislikes you uh it's up to you i think it's probably the affection but who knows
0: <laughs> yeah hey while we're talking dogs i i played some audio earlier uh dr susan kilborn was on the start this morning and they did a study uh they looked at homeless people and their pets their their animals and the pets were in really good shape and Ooh. the pets were really good for the homeless um maybe talk a little bit about animals why why do we love animals so much why are they so good for us i mean they use you know we talk about um therapy animals right and and i i know that animals dogs will go visit hospital patients their blood pressure goes down Why, why do we love our animals so much and and why are they so good for us any thoughts on that
7: Sure. I mean, it's funny, uh, there's a line of research called object relations, which talks about how we relate to, uh, to other people. Uh, and the reason it's called object relations is because we have relationships with objects. We have relationships with people, if you consider that an object, most people wouldn't say that. That way, but we also have relationships with cars and teddy bears, even sports teams, right. or landmarks in society. We have relationships with mountains. If you live in B.C., people have relationships with all kinds of things, uh, inanimate, inanimate and animate, uh, and some of them are animals. And so, it's actually fairly natural for people to have non-human uh, relationships, uh, relationships with non-humans. And uh, and I think that dogs, in particular, dogs and cats, are particularly attractive for this because they kind of mimic humans in many ways they mimic social behavior uh, particularly dogs do and they kind of have human traits they have kind of cute faces uh, kind of human-esque faces they they show signs of empathy with humans like they cock their head to the side which is like a universal sign of empathy and so it's just not that uh, unusual for people to have uh, these kinds of relations and also they have fur which is another big one Uh, you know when you look at and animals, and when you look at uh, monkeys and stuff, they really do like that furry texture as a way of connecting. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's another reason. So there's a few. Uh, we just like to be have relationships with the things around us. And uh, animals are just a really good option uh, because they yeah. interact back.
0: And here's the big one for me. And I'm a dog guy. I, I have nothing against cats, um, but I'm a dog guy. Um, and dogs, to me, you can come home. You can have the worst day ever. They're happy to see you. It's unconditional. Um, it's just a great relationship. It's a relate. You don't have to work at it, right? I mean, you mm. take, you feed them, you take them outside, let them do their business, and they love you unconditionally. They're there for you no matter what. There's there's no ah it's just the, it's the best world. i i miss my dogs incredibly we just lost hershey of course a while ago and i've left it up to jackie now to decide what dog we get and, and when we get it as i said to somebody earlier today by text message i'm kind of the fun parent they asked if uh, was Lorraine asked if i was going to uh, get another dog yet and i said you know i'm kind of the fun parent jackie's the real true caregiver she was with hershey and Pete in so i'm kind of leaving it up to jackie to decide when's the right time are we going to get another dog what kind of dog i'm going to let her pick the name it's jackie's decision but i miss having a dog in my life so so much they're they're just wonderful anyhow we're kind of off track here so let's get back to the headlines here with dr cyrus six surprising signs you may have anxiety i laughed about this earlier i said i i don't need anybody to tell me i've i've got anxiety and i think brett mcgarry said i'm just a big walking panic attack (laughs) (laughs)
7: <laughs> there are some unusual symptoms. I mean, normally the, the main one that I go by when I'm looking, like some people don't realize they have anxiety. And uh, that was a news to me when I started my practice that people could have such a strong uh, kind of particular symptom or particular emotion, not realize it, but they do. And I look for avoidance as being a main one, but that's a common one that people kind of usually associate with anxiety, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But there's other ones, uh, for example, having sore muscles. If you've got a sore neck, people sometimes will realize that that's an anxiety thing. But sometimes I'll ask people about their muscles and they are like, oh, that's related. Uh, sometimes people hate relaxing. Um, and that might be a sign that you're an anxious person. If you're yawning a lot, oftentimes people will think that it's because only, only because of fatigue, but it can actually be a stress response. Uh, so it can be a, something related to anxiety. Another physical one is a sensitive stomach. If you've got a, a stomach that kind of reacts to you. Or if you feel dizzy. If you feel dizziness, that can be a sign, one, because it could be a panic attack, uh, I guess, like Brett was saying. If you're if you're walking around, you're breathing too much and you're hyperventilating, which is usually what people do when they have a panic attack. It can cause lightheadedness or dizziness. Uh, but it could also just be dizzy uh, kind of in a more general way because of anxiety. And the last one is being forgetful. People can just have a difficulty thinking clearly uh, because they're anxious. And that's true for a lot of mental health symptoms, but anxiety as well. Uh, so if you're having trouble remembering things or thinking clearly, it could be because you're also losing sleep, which is another symptom. Uh, but just on its own, it can interfere with your ability to think.
0: Yeah, anxiety, and and, and, and I guess when it gets real bad, it becomes then panic or panic attacks. Uh, not mm. good, that's for sure. Anxiety is uh, is a difficult one, and I think most people... I think most people deal with it now, especially uh, since the pandemic, but that's just a sense that I get. Uh, next headline here for Cyrus. Research shows too much socializing can harm you. Tell us about this one.
7: <laughs> well, we always think of socializing as being a good thing, and most of the time it is. And we always, and people will often, especially well, in Canada and, and Western countries, but also around the world, will think of Friends episodes. They'll think of like this as being kind of the Western ideal of kind of having people around you all the time. Uh, but... Research does show that if you have too many people around you, too much, it can actually lead to a higher mortality rate. So if you take uh, socializing and you ask people how much they socialize, and they say, you know, they never do, and then they they change up to one month, or you talk to people who socialize once a month, there's a 10% increase in health. Like The mortality rate will decrease by 10%, so it's good for you to socialize.
3: Hmm. Uh,
7: It's better than never. However, if you take that from one month to daily, It'll actually increase the mortality rate by eight percent, which is higher than a lot of the other things that we're more aware of, like for like for marriage increasing, uh, you know, health. That's like three percent or being, you know, like we were aware that, you know, women live longer. And but I think that's only like four or five percent. So this is higher than those things is if you're socializing too much, if you're socializing daily. Now, there's individual differences in this, so I don't want to prescribe people anything in particular, make people feel bad about it. But it does kind of take away from that kind of sitcom friends ideal of kind of just being around people what seems to and they always seem to be around each other all the time so mm-hmm. uh, there is a good thing about getting some space you don't have to feel guilty about not having your friends around all the time or not even wanting that uh, it's okay and maybe even healthy to have some time to yourself
0: well you know what i noticed i uh and i'll just mention this quickly an old friend of mine Derek Bucky Bukowski passed away suddenly, and they had a memorial up at uh, the Four Crowns. Ravi put it on because he played darts there. Bucky played darts there, and he was a regular there. Anyhow, I went out and met a couple of friends, and then there were old friends there, and we just sort of paid tribute to, to Buck, and it, and it was nice, and I got home, and I said to Jackie, Boy, I, I really kind of enjoyed getting out and visiting with people again. I haven't done it for so long. It, it it felt new. It was kind of exciting to be coming home and having seen people and talked to them and enjoyed some wings together and talked about old times with friends. It was it was nice. I I have missed socializing,
7: Cyrus, during the mm. during the
0: pandemic.
7: Well, I think it's going to be good for a lot of people to be able to get out more, and hopefully, people feel more and more comfortable as things are safe to mm-hmm. actually do that because it does lower our risk it does help us to feel better and has a real effect on our health and yes I think that there has been a big effect on things like anxiety and and we've seen that here with you know the numbers of clients increasing um, mm-hmm. but it also has effect on our physical health this is something that really is detrimental for you to be isolated and lonely and so it is really important I mean if you're thinking oh it's not safe to go out and maybe it isn't and those are judgments we all need to make Uh, But it's also not safe to stay alone. Uh, That's not good for your health. And uh, so we need to think about our health in a kind of holistic way and think about what's really good for you in the end.
0: Cyrus, I always enjoy socializing with you for about 10 (laughs) minutes on Friday mornings. Thanks a lot for doing this.
7: For sure. Thanks a lot, Hal.
0: All right, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen, DrCyrus.com, D-R-S-Y-R-A-S.com. All right, now people are sending in their pictures or their dogs. Hal, here's the perfect dog for you and Jackie. Here's another text message. Good morning, Hal. Have you noticed dogs and even some cats know if you're an animal lover or not? If you love dogs, they know it and approach you and become affectionate. If they don't think you like animals, they avoid you and may even growl. And Rudy says... Uh, Hal, my uh, dog licks the food off my beard. Yuck! I, I kind of don't like watching people get licked. I mean, a, a lick or two is okay, but overdoing it just uh, I have to kind of look away.